I'm Danielle Houston. I'm the host of the podcast, The Checkup. I'm a benefits advisor at Propel Insurance. And for most employers, health insurance is the second largest cost they have behind their payroll. This is huge and the numbers aren't getting smaller. At Propel, we believe part of our responsibility is not just to collaborate with the clients who hire us, but also with our carrier partners and providers of healthcare in our community. And that's what today's about. We wanna talk about creative solutions in a very creative new venue. We have set the table here and we're inviting you to grab a chair, come in a little bit closer, because we know that healthcare is complicated and only by working together and including you in that conversation are we gonna find solutions? So today, my two expert panelists here around healthcare, I have Bill Robertson, the CEO of MultiCare, and John Espinola, an executive vice president with Primera Blue Cross, and they're gonna be talking about peak care, new solutions to old problems, welcome. So SB, my first question for you, how do you describe peak care to someone who doesn't know what it is? Great question, Danielle. Thanks for having me, too. Really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Peak Care is a first-of-its-kind solution where folks in my industry and folks in Bill's industry are actually working together on the same side of the table on behalf of the customers we serve. What's amazing is we sometimes forget that we serve the same person. And in the usual relationship between a health plan like Primera and an a provider system like MultiCare, there's an adversarial relationship where each side is trying to get something from the other and forgetting that there's a customer we're trying to serve. This relationship really puts us on the same side of the table in service to that person around some basic principles, trying to make healthcare work better, trying to make it more affordable, and trying to make the experience as good as it can be. We're all rooting for you. So Peak Care, as I understand it, was born from a discussion. The two of you had lunch, and I kind of imagine that you were talking about healthcare issues and what can we do differently. And from what I understand, out of that lunch, Peak Care was born. What can you tell us about lunch? What was that like? Well, I'm not quite certain that that's the exact story about how it happened, because in the kind of distant history, there's been a lot of conversations that SP and I have had. Uh, in fact, it really got its start uh, through an outreach by the Premier organization to a group of providers in the Puget Sound region to say, can we do something different together? And the reality was those conversations didn't necessarily end with us agreeing we could do something together. But there was a relationship that got created and uh, with between Multicare and Premier, and particularly between SB and I, as we said, there's something in this conversation to have. And so that's what led to the lunch, uh, was the fact that we had a sense that there was really value in the uh, proposition that Premier had uh, put on the table about shaping a different way of relating uh, between the provider community and the uh, insurer community in the interest of our shared uh, customers. And so we did have a lunch. It actually was at, uh, uh, Cedar Brook, where every healthcare organization in the state of Washington meets. And we uh, had a lunch, and there was a few of us there. And the premise was things can be different and they can be better. And out of that, uh, many conversations out of that, Peak Care was birthed as an idea that put us on the same side of serving the community 
with each other, which is a rather unusual experience uh, for both of us, I think, and I think we'll be very productive. Well, and that's a really good point. You both represent organizations that also have long histories here in the Northwest. You're in the community. You care about the health of this community. And MultiCare really is a trusted healthcare provider in the South Sound. And I know you've worked hard to build that relationship. How are you going to leverage that trust into an offering like Peak Care? That's a great question. You know, trust is something you earn, you're not given it. You have to earn it. And so as an organization that seeks to uh, care for our community in a way that is trustworthy, to extend that to a peak care product in partnership with uh, the Premier organization, we have to live up to the promises that we're making as a part of that, that new offering to our community. And those promises are to make things easier for the uh, consumer, to uh, have a, a price point that uh, employers find uh, beneficial to their economic health, to enhance the, to take the hassle factor out of, of uh, consuming health care and out of uh, interacting with an insurance product. So that's how we build trust, is actually living up to those promises, making and keeping promises on an ongoing basis. Those are not small things. Yeah, not small things. So, SB, Premier is not a healthcare provider, but obviously you're playing a really important role. And how is Primera really seeing that role too as helping people usher into something new like peak care? We're gonna have to work together, right? Yeah, working together is a key part of it. We have spent the last five years making a pivot in how we see ourselves. And when Jeff became our CEO five years ago, we changed our mission statement very simply from being about healthcare coverage, which is about insurance, to being about healthcare. Uh, we recognize that that's what we're in the business of doing, is helping people gain access to high quality healthcare. And that pivot really made a major shift in how we see our role. We saw that we needed to ensure people were getting access to the best healthcare, and we had a sort of moral and fiduciary obligation to our customers to be active in that. And we knew that the, the best way to do that was to get actually close to the point of care. And the only way you could do that is in partnership with those who provide care. We don't do that. There are two people who really matter in healthcare, and they're usually in the exam room. They're not back in our claim shop or back in Bill's billing shop. So those two people were the people we wanted to really get close to. Doing that in partnership is the way to do that. Peak Care is a great example of that. We have other ways of doing it. We think of ourselves pretty simply as we're, we're trying to know our customers and what their needs are. We're trying to know and understand healthcare. And then be in that middle space where we're the bridge to help bring those two together as easily as possible. We could do that very effectively in a partnership like Peak Care. When we don't have partnerships, we still have solutions in place to do that, but they're just not nearly as effective as when in close partnership. And I think to that point, when we can all identify some very different things about health care that are broken or just not working right, then we all recognize that there's not one single health care provider or one health insurer that can fix it, right? So as people are listening to and watching with us this morning, we need your ideas. We need your solutions too. So we encourage you to slide those across the table to us so we can, uh, we can hear from you as well. So Bill, there are some service excellence principles at MultiCare Health System, things that you have also worked really hard on 
not just in peak care, but I think your, your whole healthcare delivery system there. How are you gonna tie those principles into peak care? And I'd love to hear, and I think everyone watching would love to hear how that is also going to connect with the patients who come through the door with peak care on their card. So uh, SP started by saying five years ago, there was a, a change in terms of the mission view of, of the premier organization. And five years ago, uh, MultiCare also took a journey to change its perspective on what its mission is as well. And uh, what we said was, we're gonna partner for healing and a healthy future, which then holds us accountable to all kinds of things. So in partnership, you actually have a relationship. And, and it should be a productive relationship. It should have trust in it. It should have performance in it. And so, and when, if you're going to have healing, it's more than just physical care. It's about the environment in which people experience the care. It's about the, the emotional side of, of experiencing care as well. And if it's a healthy future, it's all kinds of things that create health. It's not just access to health care. So with that in mind, we said, well, what, who's at the center of that mission? Is it the delivery system, or is it a partnership, which is going to be really important, or is it that relationship that we treat every individual we're privileged to serve as, as the center of how we design the care we de deliver? And so that's the big principle about how we're trying to reshape the experience of healthcare is to put the experience of the individual and their family, so like we have pediatric patients, well, the parents are a rather important part of that experience as well. How do you put them in the center of that and then build the systems and processes and the uh, approaches to create an experience that is a healing experience for the individuals we serve? And so that's fundamentally how we've been rethinking our delivery uh, of care to put the patients always at the center and then build everything around the experience they have which ties absolutely into what we're trying to do in partnership with Premier on the peak care product. It's how do we make sure that that experience that we create together uh, is one that uh, people are pleased to have. I uh, can say I would recommend that to somebody else, that it meets my needs where I am at the moment that I'm experiencing health care, experiencing having to sort through a billing problem or or how can we take billing problems away? So that becomes between uh, the insurer and the provider as opposed to involving uh, the consumer in the middle of it. So it's, we're trying to build everything around what is the experience of those that we're pr privileged to serve? What is their experience? And let's specifically just talk a minute about that experience because with peak care, the patient is making a decision to seek all of their care within the multi-care health system. It is an exclusive provider organization. This is not what an accountable care network or some of those other things that we're hearing about. It's a specific relationship that we wanna draw people into having primary care again, into having fluid connections with all of their healthcare specialty care that people can afford to access and things that are simpler, right? You're gonna to come to multi-care and you'll have your lab work done there and you're gonna see your physicians there. We might text you if we're running late, right? That's the one thing, like that is the most appealing thing to me. After, you know, having gone to a doctor's office and waiting for a half an hour, those little conveniences of having someone say, hey, we're running late or hey, here's a valet ticket for your parking. 
those are the things that are really going to make the patient experience feel better. And that's, at least as, as we have learned about peak care, that's at the heartbeat. Would you agree? Well, I would agree with that. I think it's, it's the range of things that say in a modern society, how do we make access to care efficient and effective and honoring of those we serve's time as opposed to built around our schedules and cadences inside a delivery system. So should we take care to you if that's the right place for it to be? And we have now a capacity to do that. If you need a ride, can we find a way to get you a ride in to see your, your clinician? If you need to schedule online, can we do that in a way that is efficient and effective for you? Can you call one number and get both your insurance and your provider? All of those are parts of the experience that is, I would say, we think uniquely provided in, in this partnership. And it, it, it is truly a, uh, a stimulating environment to say, what can we do together as opposed to what are we gonna do and what is an insurer gonna do? And sometimes it lines up and sometimes it doesn't. I heard at one point that there could be an Uber ride if you can't get your way to a doctor's appointment. Is yeah. that true? Well, Uber isn't the vendor, but yes, Ooh, there is. Sorry. So sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bill referenced that, and, and that's correct. We're trying to make it about the patient. So right now, the system is organized, and there are a lot of reasons why patients go to the doctor. Right. The doctor doesn't often go to them. Marcus Welby doesn't practice anymore. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible, and then once they get there have the experience be streamlined, simplified, anxiety-free, free parking, things like that that you mentioned, yeah. So one of the things that you have talked about too are what are ways that Primera is really working with a healthcare provider to help them be successful? The environment is changing. We alluded, we were chatting a little bit before the camera started about what the Affordable Care Act has done with healthcare, and it is tremendously wide sweeping and, and deep. And Primera is involved in helping healthcare providers make some adjustments. What does that, what does that partnership look like? Well, I think partnership is the key part. Those types of, the parts that are required for that to work require a lot of commitment and investment on both parties' uh, behalf. So it can work with an organization like MultiCare with Peak Care being the lead driver for that. It looks like this. We've invested a lot of time and money and capability around sharing information. So we have information about our employers and their members we have information about their healthcare needs, sometimes about their historical healthcare experiences. We have information about some of their healthcare behaviors. Are they refilling their prescriptions on time? Are they maybe sometimes skipping every other month because it might not be affordable? We can share that information in real time into the EMR that multi-care providers use every single day. So they can have that at their fingertips when they're reaching out to a member or interacting with a member at the point of care. That's something that we're willing to commit to because it's the right thing to do. It's going to fulfill our mission, which is to make healthcare work better. It's also going to help this partnership fulfill its vision of coming to life in a way that's customer-centric and bringing together the resources we share instead of keeping them siloed. That's an example of us leaning in in a way that is going to help providers succeed. Bill's team also shares information back with us because we have programs and services that we offer that can help our programs and services be better. 
We can know better where people are at in their engagement process with the healthcare delivery system. We can know when their next scheduled appointment is gonna be with that specialist. So if we have a case manager talking to them. So that's one example. Another example is we're both just trying to dig into our business and understand where the opportunities are to be better by allowing the other's perspective to shine a mirror or be a mirror back to us. Where do we get in the way? Where do we provide waste? Where are we an obstacle to things being smooth for the, for the patient? And that's been a huge learning process. And that's around the care delivery side, our administrative processes like prior authorization and utilization management, around the way we build and configure networks, all that. So I think the most important thing is that we're learning about that. And we're having open and frank conversations that are built on a foundation of deep trust that allow us to be humble and receptive to that feedback, all in service of the people we jointly serve. Which I think leads really well then into a question because we're highlighting things about the healthcare system that we know aren't working very well. And one of the things that, you know, we know access to great healthcare isn't always the problem, right? I mean, we have a lot of access. We have some great science that is doing incredible things for the healing of people. And yet we are still incredibly unhealthy. So when you guys talk about these are the broken things of healthcare. What is at least one thing that you want peak care to fix in this broken? And I'd love both of you to answer this. Okay, I'll start. You know, the one reason piece. why we have the purpose we have, which is to make healthcare work better, is because we're pretty acutely aware that it doesn't work as well as it could. It's American healthcare. And there's a lot of evidence that it could be better. We boil that down to four basic problems. They are that healthcare costs more than it should. Sometimes people don't get the care they need. Sometimes they get care they don't need, and that's obviously harmful. And often, too often really, their experience is not what they want or deserve just as a human being. I experience, I'm a physician, that happens to me when I'm a patient. So these, these problems are real. When we look at the problems we're trying to solve through this partnership, we're actually trying to go at all four of those. Because those are the problems that real people experience with healthcare. They lead to harm and waste. They lead to emotional distress. We believe there's an opportunity to relieve those burdens, but only through this kind of a deep partnership. There are a lot of reasons why partnering with an organization that has a mindset like multi-care makes sense for us, because to solve those problems too, you have to actually go outside the four walls of healthcare. You have to go into the community, and that's where I think Bill's mission and community focus really make a difference too. So the opportunity to solve challenges in healthcare, you know, the challenge is too big for any one of us. And so that's where partnership makes a, a difference. And it's not just partnership on the insurer side or the provider side, it's broad partnerships in the community. We see evidence that suggests, uh, and it's very well documented that only 20% of a community's health status is tied to delivery system issues. 80% is tied to you know, the economy of the community, the educational level of people in the community, access to food, good housing. Uh, there's just a whole array, and we call it social determinants of health. And so the challenge becomes for us is how do we think about health status when the old delivery system really paid only when people were sick? And so what's in the best interest of our community, the healthy future of our community is when the health status of both individuals in the community improves. And when that happens, 
there's opportunities for, uh, well, living better. That's kind of a good outcome for all of us. There's also opportunities for lower costs because when you're not having to consume health care because you're ill uh, and you're well now, then cost structures can adjust over time. So we have in the United States an epidemic of obesity in the United States today. So if you look at 30 years ago, very few states were a majority of the population obese, and today a majority of the states, majority of the population is overweight or, 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 or obese. So 30 years of, of a societal change has been, had a dramatic impact on healthcare, and it will continue to have a dramatic impact on healthcare. So how do we partner that now has us working together for those who are in our community and with others in our community who to maintain health or improve health status will in the long term have a dramatic impact on the cost of health care and also on access to health care. So that's all part of the agenda about not just making sure people can access care when they're sick, because that's a good thing, but making sure people don't have to access health care because they're not sick is actually, I think, uh, for multi-care, and I, we believe in the partnership with Premier and with others, is the ultimate outcome we seek to have. Sounds like a great outcome to have, right? And one of the people within that community or one of the groups within that community that we also need to be part of that solution is employers. And I think that, you know, my benefits colleagues here at Propel and other places would say that often it's employers who are really fearful of making a change that's an obstacle to do something different. And, you know, it's the fear of what if there's not a doctor available? What if the wait times are long? If someone is denied care, is Primera going to be too involved in this? How would you address those employer concerns? Because obviously, MultiCare is a trusted healthcare provider. If you're down in the South Sound, you're probably already trusting MultiCare with your health. But how would you ease those concerns of an employer? Well, I think the first place you start is that uh, we believe that Premier is a trusted provider of uh, and for many years, I mean, 60 years maybe in the market, 70, 85. So when you take an organization that's been 100, uh, been here since 1882 and one that's been in this uh, community since the, the 1920s or 1930s, and we come together to say we really are of this community and we really are in the interest of this community. That's our missions as nonprofit organizations uh, established to serve our communities. That there's there's a reason to trust that we have a, our communities uh, interested at heart because we are out of these communities. So I think you start there. And then there's long-standing relationships of, I think, uh, trust between employers and premier and between beneficiaries and employees and, and multi-care health system. And so how do we together create the opportunity for a trust to happen there? Because we don't see it's just multi-care and premier working together. We think it's multi-care and Primera and the employer community working together to say, how do we better meet the needs of beneficiaries? How do we better meet the needs of patients? How do we meet the needs of the employer so that their employees have the best access to care at a price that is affordable for the employer and for the individual as well because of good benefit design and good management and good engagement in that? So I think when you co-create something, it's a lot easier to trust it. And so we're co-creating together, Premier and Multicare, but we're also co-creating with the employer community about what 
this peak care product should do in the interest of their employees and in their interest as well. And Primera does a fantastic job of being in front of members, giving members a lot of access to information. And in many instances, you're sort of the front lines when someone has an issue or a question and you have developed a deep level of trust in that customer service space and how you interact with members and, and patients. So what are some of the things that Premier is going to do to help members feel more comfortable to and understand what peak care can do for them? Good question, Danielle. I go back to Bill's notion of partnership, and it really has to be a three-way partnership. It's an intentional choice by an employer to bring this offering forward. Primera is going to do it when PCare expands to Spokane in 2020. We'll be offering it to our employees because we think it's uh, a much better experience, much better quality care, et cetera. So we will be learning from our own experience of doing that. But the partnership is three-way. It's us, multi-care, and the employer working with that employer to understand how they want to engage their employees, to learn about the product, learn about the network, engage them. If they're already a Primera employer, we can learn a little bit from their history and understand who might be impacted by this, who might not have already been a multi-care patient so that we can reach out to them and help them make the best choice for them based on what we understand. And then in partnership with Bill's team, really ensure that that access and availability is there and it's a top flight experience. That's what we're trying to do. So I think it's really standing side by side with our employers to understand what their needs are, make sure we're meeting them, and then holding everybody's hand throughout that process. We just have to be there for them, right? right. Yeah. Right, and we can it's help with that as well because you know I think it does it does take all of us. Yeah. That was a great little glimpse into the future of MultiCare expanding into Spokane, and Peak Care is going to offer there in 2020. Are there any other plans for expansion? Yeah, we're going to be going to Thurston County and Spokane County for 2020. Great. We love yeah. that. All yeah. right. Bring on bring yeah. on 2020. All right. So we've talked a lot about employers and their role in success with healthcare and the delivery. And we do have two employers with us today who not only were first adopters of peak care, but have been really willing to share their experience as employers about what that transition has been like. So I have Cindy Jackson, and you are with Puyallup Dermatology. I am. I'm with Puyallup Dermatology, and I'm actually a past president of the Washington State MGMA. So my background <laughs> is a little unique for the employers. We are an independent practitioner group that's affiliated with MultiCare. So we had a history of working with both Primera and MultiCare going into this. And seeing this unique opportunity was, it was very clear that this was the step that we needed to make for our employees and for ourselves. As healthcare employers, we had, because we believed so deeply in our employees having the best access to care, we had absorbed all the increases for years and years and years. And it does get to a point that you can't do that anymore. When we brought on peak care for our employees, it was very exciting in that we were able to reduce their deductible to almost nothing. We, we self-insure the small deductible. We were able to double their dental benefits. It was a win-win for everyone. So it just you know, it made us more viable, which is more you know, insuring to our employees 
everything that we can do to stay there and stay vital to the community is is important. And I think you're, you've touched on a couple of things that would be important for people to understand about peak care. It doesn't have to be the only plan that you're right. offering. You can mm -hmm. offer that and a larger network plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can, this can be a product that is on OptiFlex, which is a variable of, of self-funding that mm -hmm. Premier offers, or it's fully insured. It's for small employers and large employers. So it, it really can be a great solution for a lot of different organizations that might not realize that. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. Shannon Hill, who's with Evergreen Fire and Security, they're headquartered here down in the heart of Tacoma as well. Shannon, tell us a little bit about Evergreen and what your plans were like pre-peak. Um, yeah, we're a Tacoma-based employer, so um, we are local here, and we have about, oh, 135, 140 employees-ish. We have actually been with Primera for a while now, a few years, and we were happy with Primera's service and, and what we were getting there. And Danielle brought to our attention that we um, had this other option, peak care, and the first thing you think of is, oh, that's more work, I'm going to have to switch plans. But actually, after learning more about it, it made sense for us because we have a lot of employees uh, who especially are on the younger end of things. They tend to be pretty healthy, and you know they're paying out of their checks every week towards their premiums, and they go to the doctor once or twice, and they know they're never going to meet that deductible. It's probably not going to happen for them each year. So they weren't seeing the benefit of their benefits. And after learning more about peak care from you in Paris, it became a no-brainer for us. It made a lot of sense to be able to go to those much lower deductibles, much lower out-of-pocket maximums. It was a great option. It's hard to say no to something when you've got a variety of really high deductible health plans. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that so many people can relate to. They have benefits, but can we afford to use them? So being able to look at a deductible that's $250 or $500 and think about buying back some benefits for your people, that, that is a wonderful investment to feel really good about. Were there internally, were there objections or things that you guys had to talk through? We did have to reassure everyone that for the most part, their care would be seamless because when they really stood back and looked at the care they were already receiving, most of it was multi-care based. So it was just a different way of looking at it. It wasn't, we really weren't making a large change, but you know, everyone has, has questions when you say change. And we did offer the PPO option as well. And so it, it just gave everybody, everyone was very secure in that they could drive if they wanted to and do something slightly different or everything would pretty much remain the same. And Shannon, how about your team at Evergreen? I don't know that there was so much pushback, but it was a matter of getting our ducks in a row before we tried to sell peak care, and Propel was very helpful with that. As we took a look at um, where we were currently, we found out that a lot of our employees were already using Multicare. So it wasn't going to be a huge transition for them. There were some concerns as far as people who weren't on Multicare currently, am I gonna be able to have access to a doctor? What if I need urgent care? What about pharmacies? We had a few of those 
types of questions that came up, and they were fairly easy to answer. Uh, most of our employees are in this area are near multiple multi-care facilities. The pharmacy, we had a little question with that up front because we were erroneously assuming we had to use only multi-care pharmacies, which actually didn't end up being true. So there was a broader network that we could um, use for pharmacy. And we, we slowly answered all of their questions before we could even get to them because we knew what the kinds of things they were going to ask. Um, urgent care was the other thing. I don't know that a lot of people realize that the Indigo urgent care facilities are multi-care. So that really helped with answering that question for people. And there really wasn't a lot of pushback after we had those things in place. I think you touched on a couple things. One being that it requires education, you know, as an Absolutely. employer committing that you're going to spend time in open enrollment meetings and we're going to provide a variety of materials and regularly educate people. Mm -hmm. It can't be a, it shouldn't be a one time a year mm -hmm. exercise for something like this. But the other piece is that Primera, for someone who is interested and wants to vet care as an option, you can get a great provider report that shows you how many of your people are going there. Does it make sense? And Evergreen, of your footprint that was in the right multi-care area, 40% of the people who were eligible elected a peak care plan. Yes. And we fully expect that next year that number will increase. Mm -hmm. Good job. Good job, guys. <laughs> so, what are some of the things, maybe first impressions or, you know, when you first started looking at the plans, you know, what, what was that first impression maybe too that you would say, yes, it was erroneous. And if I'm telling another employer what you should think about, here's my advice. <laughs> Absolutely the cost. It was cost driven because like I said, we understood who we were working with a little differently maybe than other employers might, but the cost savings was phenomenal to us and and it wasn't coming at any sort of risk or decline for our employees no. if anything they had a better deal mm -hmm. similar for us you would assume um, up front that the premiums would be higher and in fact ours even had a slight decrease from the comparable plan that we had prior to peak care really that that's pretty much the main thing i mean it was really we appreciated when you came in and shared with us how uh, multi-care works and that the emphasis was more on the health of the individual and making sure that they get the care that they need as opposed to just churning people through their facilities. That was also something that really struck us when we, when we chose to move to peak care. So you guys have been an early adopter. Many would say that is bold, especially in healthcare. I don't know if you guys have read some of the articles. There are a number of them that liken our healthcare decision making to being something of a Stockholm syndrome, right? <laughs> we, we hate the experience. The renewal discussion is challenging, yet we are so fearful of change that we do nothing. You guys were brave and you did something. So what's, what's a piece of advice that you would tell an employer if you're gonna do this or you should think about this, here's why. Oh, I would say not to be afraid of it. Ask questions. You're gonna see multiple similarities. It sounds more different than it truly is, you know, than the experience that you want your patients or employees to have. You know. 
I'd say similar, keep an open mind. Learn about it before you shut it down because it is a really great option. Educate your employees once you have it in place. Make sure they understand how the benefits work is very important. And then, yeah, do your research up front. Make sure you know the percentage of your employees that are already, already with Multicare. Make sure you talk to people and, and vet it with your staff to see how it's going to affect them. And for us, it was an easy choice at that point. And it sounds like it's been a great choice for both of you. It's hard to find something wrong with lowering cost shares and lowering premium costs Mm -hmm. for people. So I know we have some questions and we have someone who's been collecting those. So we'll start fielding. And again, we really want you to also be sending your questions to us. Shelly, do we... So the question is, is this alliance between Multicare and Primera, is it a glimpse of what our future looks like in healthcare? I'll take that. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> and there are a lot of reasons why. I think the, uh, the legacy approach is to try and to address the problems that we all experience with healthcare. Just don't move the needle at all. Every trend is in the wrong direction for American healthcare writ large. And that's just unacceptable. And it's clear that, as as Bill said over and over again, we will be better by developing solutions together across multiple stakeholders because it is a complex and unwieldy system that needs a lot of folks leaning in to try to make it move. There's, There's a lot of inertia. So I think we'll see alignments like this popping up more and more. I'm proud to see Primera and Multicare at the forefront of that alignment. But I do think we'll see more because it's reasonable to think that there, this is the path towards making a difference. Agreed. One other caveat I would say, the obstacle to it is that it takes trust. And in our world, there's a dearth of that and it takes a long time to build it. So the only reason why that prediction for the future wouldn't come true is because there's not enough trust in the community. I feel very fortunate that we've been able to develop that. But as Bill said, the story goes back many years to develop the level of trust and willingness to take risks, sort of hold hands and jump into the deep end together. Uh, It took us a long time to get there. We don't do that with every single provider in the community. We're willing and and open to doing it with many more, uh, but it's a long road to, to get there. Is this a trial engagement or are you guys gonna make it official and this is a long term thing? That's a, sometimes it's trying, but uh, it's not a trial relationship. Putting in the work. Well, we have committed uh, uh, for uh, multiple years into the future to this relationship in productive ways with the idea that we will continue to renew it beyond that first. And so the first, our first commitment was uh, five years together uh, starting 2019. And so by the time five years are up, the whole world will have changed and we think we will have been instrumental in together changing this environment for our communities better. So it's not a trial, it is clearly, if you look at how a typical payer provider contract gets negotiated, you have a couple people, they negotiate it and it's done and then you kind of live with it. That is not how this works. We have literally hundreds of people in our organizations working together to deliver on the promises that we have made about this being an improvement for our community. And you don't do that if you're just gonna try it out and see if it uh, doesn't work. You have to be committed to 
trying and failing and trying until you get it right for the people we serve. So it's, it's not a trial. How do I help my employees make an informed choice to enroll if it's available? Which one of you would like I, to take this? I can, I can take that. Um, for us, it was really helpful having Propel work with us on that. They came in, they did our open enrollment meetings, they answered all kinds of questions that people had about it, and just made sure that our employees were very well informed. And I think that's why we were so successful in getting 40% of our people to move over to peak care. So the question is, does Primera and or MultiCare offer some educational materials? I can give that a try. We do that in a variety of ways. Certainly in working with our partners like Propel, we'll engage the employer directly and really work with them to customize support of the transition process and ongoing uh, engagement of the product. Our teams also work closely together. We have dedicated service teams who are answering the phones who are specially trained on the product to understand all the ins and outs to make sure we're giving folks the right information to help them make the best choice. But really what this is about is learning as we go. So if next time Evergreen needs something different for the next open enrollment, we'll be there to support them. So we don't think we have all the answers. We need our customers to help us learn we're doing the best we can to bring forth these sorts of support materials and solutions and service offerings. But I know that over the next five years, they're going to iterate and get better and better as we hear and learn directly from our customers. Which is exactly why we are here today and why we came together today. Propel wants to be that creative collaborator that works with you as employers and our partners here in our community too. We want to be part of that solution. We believe that talking and education is where great things happen. We are thankful for everyone who joined us this morning in our studio audience here in Tacoma. We have a couple of different resources. We really wanted to be able to build out your toolbox. So if there are other pieces of information that you would like, we have resources available. We actually have a podcast too from October 31st. Episode 12 of The Checkup was all about peak care, lots of nuts and bolts. And it was the number one listened to podcast of all time so far. So we've got great information to be your partner and we appreciate the work that you have done here in our community and your care and concern for us. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. We hope that you have been inspired to maybe try something new and bold. We hope that your toolbox is well-equipped after our conversation this morning. And we'd ask that you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can watch with us in the future as we bring more information right to you where you're at. Thanks for joining us.